touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Powers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen Watts Jackson. And he scores on the left. Here's a blast. And Plumnick didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Kalen Deloach, who has the ball and is heading What is going on, guys? We are back. It is episode 44 of College Football Talk with Hunter and Dylan. We are here on the eve of week nine, but we have tonight, uh, as always, week eight recap. It's a Mm -hmm. recap show here on this fine Tuesday night. Beautiful Tuesday uh, night. Beautiful Tuesday night, as you can see in the background, if you're watching on YouTube, as you should. we got the Diamondbacks on for my enjoyment because yeah. he can't see it. Dylan can't see it. I, I can can't. see it. Actually, I can't see it looking at my own um, screen. <laughs> well, I have a direct shot, so if, if it looks yeah. like I'm not paying attention, it's because there's a baseball game on and the Phillies are about to get eliminated. Hopefully. Not jinxing anything. Said hopefully. Yep. 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 Anyway, we had a jam-packed show for you tonight. We got a bunch of games to recap. What is happening with some teams? Yes. Saturday scares. And Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Uh, well, also, we got overreactions, winners and losers of the week. So, big time show planned for you guys today. And uh, let's get right into it. Oh, forgot to say, as always, make sure you guys are subscribing. Uh, yes. Picked up uh, a couple of subscribers the past couple of weeks. So, we need to get that number up more, guys. 64 is where we're at now. We need to get to 100. 100 by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. 100 by the end of the year. Never. We said. We get to 100, Dylan shaves his head, so we're all good. Okay, all right. I mean, we'll see what happens. Let's get that. Come on. See we happens. got that. We got that. <laughs> yeah, there's to paint his face like a war paint, something like that, or he's got to shave his head. So one of the others. Maybe both. We'll, we'll have a vote. We'll have a vote. We'll have a vote. We'll let you guys yeah. decide. It will, it'll be – actually, it'll just be a supreme decision by me. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> Okay. Uh, make sure you guys are watching on YouTube, though, hitting that like button mm-hmm. and watching and following along on Spotify. Subscribe to both. Yes. Awesome. Views have been up tremendously, which mm-hmm. is outstanding. And uh, duration is up as well, which was awesome because that means we're actually you guys are actually watching. Yes. So that's awesome, too. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. But subscribe if you haven't already. All right. We are going to hop right into it. Actually, before I do... Do you want to start with recap? I forgot what we said. Or do you want to start with Michigan? Start with the Michigan. We're gonna start All right, Michigan. so we're going to start with Michigan because a lot has come out today regarding all this drama yeah. and scandal going on in Ann Arbor. So let's backtrack it some. So a couple mm-hmm. – about a month ago or so, they got in trouble for – or uh, Harbaugh got in trouble. A month and a half, two months ago probably I think it was, he got uh, trouble – no. Yeah, it was right before the season. I am yep. completely. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're good. Harbaugh got in trouble for uh, a recruiting violation for mm-hmm. cheeseburgers, buying yes. kids cheeseburgers. Yes. And uh, this is before NIL, so he caught caught with that. And now it wasn't as bad as it was. I think he's going to 
he suspended himself the first four games against Cupcake, mm-hmm. so is what it is. Yeah. Fast forward now. I you know there was a scandal or I don't even know scandal, but a report that had come out that a Michigan a Michigan assistant coach had was being paid mm-hmm. pretty much to go and videotape, go to other venue, other future opponents of Michigan's, yeah. and record signs. Now, you might be saying, okay, well, a lot of teams steal signs, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't. You don't go to the extent that Michigan has reported to have gone. They, um, their assistant coach. Connor Stallions was believed to have bought tickets to more than 30 Big Ten games over the past three seasons. Yeah. He, these are all future opponents. This, so this stretches back to 2021 up until now. He, I mean, up until now, had two tickets for this week's, this past week's Ohio State Penn State game. One yeah. ticket on either side of the field, depending on, and, you know, all they would do is he would just go and record. But mm-hmm. he would record, you know, you know what their signs were, all their cult, their all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you know, there's pictures that have come out saying that, or looking from like last year's, or yeah, last year's Ohio State game where he has a fully laminated sheet of like, if you zoom in, it's signs, like mm-hmm. almost like human figure, like you see like the bathrooms, but they're yeah. doing signs, and then like. There's a video, quick little snippet video of like Ohio State looking over the side to Audible, and Michigan, all of Michigan's players and coaches look up and they like start pointing like a, like signaling something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here, so this was a report of Pete from the Michigan Michigan staffer Connor Stallions bought tickets for more than 30 games at 11 Big Ten schools over the past three years. Also, video evidence of sideline taping is expected to be sent to the NCAA this week, caught by stadium surveillance this year. He also was caught, uh, believed to have been bought tickets to schools outside of Michigan as well, or the Big Ten, yep. including Tennessee, Bama, and Georgia. I forgot TCU. Uh, and a cool little stat before I let Dylan give his bang. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking at a pure odds-making standpoint, Michigan against the spread from 2015 to 2020, 32, 38, and one they were against the spread. 2021 till present day, 23, 11, and two against Big Ten opponents in that same stretch, 18, five, and two. 21 to 23. Before that, they were 25, 25, and one. So obviously something was up. There's videos yeah. of Greg Giano earlier this year being asked in a halftime interview about like. What like so, talking? What's about, up with like, his team? Why does his team the, seem off? They see he says like something's up. Like he's not going to talk about it yeah. on air, but like there's something up. They got to address it in the locker room. They mm-hmm. that shouldn't be happening. They figured it out. Like and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll let you. That's pretty much all we know right now. I've looked at all, mostly yes. all the other stuff's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's. That's why, like, cheating, stealing signs, one thing, but like, what they're going to, what they're believed to have done, is something completely. It's like beyond. It's beyond just. Oh, oh yeah. It's an organized, systematic level of spying on teams. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, we have evidence 
that somebody on Michigan's payroll for a substantial amount of time was not only going to future opponents' games, but he was going and recording their sidelines. Yeah. There's video evidence of this happening. There's internal evidence that this happened. There's, without a shadow of a doubt, to a degree, this happened. The question is going to be, whenever um, whenever this all gets sorted out, is what will happen to the Michigan football program. I, um, it's not, I mean, you could honestly look at it too, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to look at this. It's like, was yeah. he being forced by guys higher mm-hmm. up than him? Like, Harbaugh, yeah. coordinators. It's Harbaugh or... How um, much was Harbaugh involved in this? Obviously, he had yeah. to be involved in something, but like... Mm-hmm. Was he directly threatening? Were you like, you lose your job otherwise, like kind of like black blackmailing him, like you got to yeah. do this for us. I mean, it's just, it's one thing again, like it's one thing as Brooks Austin tweeted earlier, it's the grossest and most obvious cheating scandal I've ever seen. It's, yeah. it's not even, it's one thing to maybe do something to stretch the line to get good players and recruiting. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to cheat and get out to outcome a sports game. Yeah. I mean, you're I mean, you are trying you are severely getting a, an advantage over mm-hmm. another team from yeah. this. Like they you can't this you put a team like let's put let's say Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They crushed Minnesota. Not saying Minnesota yeah. would have beaten them anyway, but you put them already in a hole that they're I mean, they were already a 20 something underdog. 20 but like underdog, yeah. You force a team to not you can't they can't make adjustments. Mm-hmm. You're not able to audible or anything. Yep. Because if you audible, they still know. Mm-hmm. So all everything that you use as like a way to try to like out, try to maybe like a, make a different route or shortcut, they can't do because they already know. They already have yeah. the leg. So you already put them at a bigger dif- disadvantage Ooh. against teams you don't even need to do it against. Like Rutgers. Rutgers, Minnesota, Northwestern, mm-hmm. Michigan State, like – Iowa. Do it against them. These aren't, yeah. It's it's just like, it's so blatant and obvious too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not even like they, it's it's Spygate. What they they did was they more or less committed with the New England Patriots committed in Spygate. The difference, I think, is that. That was like a training camp, though. mm -hmm, That was a training camp thing, and they weren't, um, as blatantly stealing information. No. It was a lot more we were stealing like not well, not hand signs or signals or any of that stuff. The Patriots were stealing like they were watching plays so that they could see how plays would run. Which by its own rules is against the NFL rules, but it's not as egregiously against the rules as this is. Mm-hmm. Because they were using it so before a play would happen, they know what play is being called, so they already know how to blow up a play, which explains how their defense – no offense, but out of nowhere, their defense clicked. No, they oh, had problems yeah. for years. I mean, it's, if you – their 2020 season, they went mm-hmm. two and four. They've only played, what, six or eight games? They went. They played two six games, yeah, because they canceled Ohio State. They canceled – It went two and game. four, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was a really bad record. Yep. And then fast forward a year, and you're in the playoff. Yep. And I'm not saying. So, I mean, I, obviously, we're not saying that 
they couldn't have done that without that. But you give yourself like almost like a free head start. Almost. Yeah. And not only that, but it just all the pieces make sense too. You know, Jim Harbaugh takes a pay cut. He's on thin ice with his own. Has to get a winning season. He has to do something to prove that he belongs there. What does he do? Oh, let's get the biggest advantage possible. It's like sneaking into like the school to get find the teachers like classroom or something. The te- find mm-hmm. like sneaking into the offices to get the tests. Yeah. To get the test scores and answers and stuff like that, so like you already mm-hmm. know in advance. That's yeah. kind of like I mean that's exactly kind of like what happened here. So they did. That's what they did. yeah. I personally I don't know how you feel. I think they're going to get punished pretty badly by the NCAA. What I was just so I was ask I was going to ask mm-hmm. you this right before we recorded, but you wanted to wait. What yeah. What do you do? Because I feel like stripping teams of wins. You know, I, I, like, I think it's going to happen. That's see, like, but like that's just not enough. I think a bowl. No, I I. I yeah, so what I think we're going to get similar to what USC got after the Reggie Bush stuff. I think NCAA is going to investigate them. The NCAA really right now feels like they lack power, too. So they're going to make an example out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a don't mess with us anymore. Stop it. You know, we we got pushed around a little bit with the NCAA, NIL stuff. But my prediction is that they investigate Michigan. They find Michigan guilty for lack of control. They're going to say Jim Harbaugh didn't have control of his own program. And we'll probably see the wins from 2021, 2022, and 2023 vacated at a minimum. But what kind of – what perp, What does that serve? What does that send, though? Um, Probably nothing but to make Michigan upset to the fact that they're losing their lead over Ohio State for wins all the time. Mm. It's just to hurt the school. That's all the whole the whole point of vacating wins is just to hurt the school and the legacy behind it. Yeah. But then they'll probably get a three year bull ban. Mm-hmm. A scholarship reduction too, which will probably be the biggest thing that will hurt them. They got I bull ban and like scholarship reduction's gotta be like the top of the that's, list. That's that's the thing I have thing happens. So I think there's a chance Jim Harbaugh can get in trouble, but to be completely honest with you, I don't think he stays long enough for that to happen. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like he's gonna like sneak out before this even gets anywhere. Yep, he's gonna pull Pete Carroll. I think yeah. he knows the writing is on the wall now. Oh he yeah, there he's in trouble. He knows they. He's like, okay, they know what we've done. They're putting everything together right now because of silly mistakes. Because I think if he doesn't get in trouble for the um, hamburger thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think this happens. I don't think they get investigated for any of this stuff. But I think the fact that there was one thing the NCAA was already kind of upset with them about when when I think I think they said it was Maryland and Rutgers. Or was it Minnesota and Rutgers? I know it was Rutgers and somebody else filed a notice to the Big Ten. Yeah, there were multiple something. this mm-hmm. multiple schools, I think even stretching back to last year, had filed yeah. complaints about mm-hmm. something suspicious stuff that had been going on with the Michigan program. Yeah, and I don't. I, you know, just I don't think the NCAA still, cares if no this stuff didn't happen beforehand. Yeah, but yeah, like I like you said, I don't think if mm-hmm. something doesn't happen that hamburger situation, I don't maybe you don't think it's happening right now. Yeah, and at least maybe wait till the end of the year. But like now that kind of like you kind of mm-hmm. like you are you're you already revealed like a location almost like mm-hmm. you're like a criminal that kind of like 
forgot to clean up like one spot of your yeah. crime and they are now they can just kind of start tracking you back to wherever because i that's, think I, that's what they're using right now i because i talked to some ohio state fans the day the first information came out and they were like well are we still going to play this year and i'm like look an ncaa investigation takes years right yeah they're not going to find they're not going to reach a verdict by november 25th you guys will still be playing I, th- I I think Michigan will probably still win that game, but give it a year from now, we're gonna get the Michigan is done statement from the NCAA. You will see a definite. It it'll be a very uh, it's kind of it's, sort of like the domino effect. We'll mm-hmm. see how it's really like what when one falls, how many more follow after that. I it's it's really just gonna come down on how badly does the NCAA want to set an example for Michigan. We'll see. I mean, there's plenty I, I of examples. Gonna set a serious example. They're going to do something. It'll just be – it'll be something mm-hmm. that happens, I think, after this year. Yeah, me too. All right. We're going to move on. We'll have to be keeping up with that for sure. So Yes. But we're going to get now into some game recap. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with the biggest game that was of the week. It was a top-10 matchup, Penn State-Ohio State, the first mm-hmm. of the round robin between Penn State-Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so this was like round one. Yeah. And uh, a very boring game. I listen, I'm all for a defensive battle. I am. I don't think this was really a defensive I battle. I am all for a defensive battle. I'm all for an offensive shootout. Mm-hmm. This was just poor play calling, shy play calling, not letting people do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of like scared yeah. playing. It was like, Neither team wanted to almost like reveal a hand or like make the first mistake, mm-hmm. which is fine. It was just a very slow, methodical, kind of just pretty boring game. Yeah. Not a whole lot have happened. The biggest thing that happened ended up really not mattering and didn't even really happen. It was a Ohio State was driving. Yep. And uh, it was first half, still late second quarter, I believe, maybe early third. It was mm-hmm. late second, and uh, Ohio State driving, and I think it was third down. Penn State strips Kyle McCord. It gets picked up, returned for a touchdown. It looks like the Nittany Lions got the big break first, and yeah. then it gets called back for a defensive holding because Marvin Harrison just completely blew this guy off the ball, and then he got held. So got held, mm-hmm. pulled back. Ended up kicking a field goal after. Oh, no, they scored a touchdown right yeah. after. So, and, I mean, after that, it ended up being Penn State cut the lead to eight. It was 20 to six. Yes, um, yes, it was yes. twenty. It was 20 to six late mm-hmm. in the fourth, and Penn State scored. Uh, you know, a very – it just shows. I think the biggest thing it shows is that Ohio State's now capable – of doing something they weren't able to in years past under Ryan Day. And that's when a game – this is the second game they've won this year when they've scored 20 or fewer points. Mm-hmm. They did it against Notre Dame. They've done it now against Penn State. And what they've done now is shown that they can win a game when they can outmatch you in physicality and they can yeah. just win it on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And – that's a big step for this team that really struggled last year, even with Jim Knowles yeah. there, like just really struggled. They're not allowing yeah. any deep shots down the field. 
Penn State's not calling deep shots. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean they don't. Have, to be fair, you know, and I'll take this one step at a time. So I'll start with Ohio State. Ohio State yeah. they play a new defensive stand where they put one safety back, so they mm-hmm. they the deep ball in check because now there's always one guy floating around. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, Penn State doesn't really have that X factor wide receiver. They don't have that yeah. wide receiver one. So I don't think it's Drew Aller. They're nervous of Drew Aller. I think it's more that this like they don't have a playmaker that can make a difference and get down the field like that yeah. and stretch the field where he can be a Marvin Harrison, where he can just completely take over or make draw two or three guys near his way to open up someone on the other side of the field that's wide open. Mm-hmm. Penn State's missing that. Um, and Ohio State showed again. I think I still don't like – I still don't trust Kyle McCord. Didn't do anything really. He went 22 of 35, 286 yeah. in touchdowns. But, you know, he did what he needed to do. Marvin Harrison had a career day. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have when you have Marvin Harrison on your team, you don't have to do a whole lot. Yeah. If I told you yeah. – uh, Neither team ran for over a hundred yards, but um, I mean, I mean that ended up need not being the case. Ohio State rushed or threw for two eighty six. Penn State threw for buck ninety one. Mm-hmm. Biggest thing I think, honestly, Penn State one of sixteen on third downs. That's the here's your stat line. They were zero of twelve late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like that's just. You can't do that if you want to win on the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just – yeah, just a very physically boring game it was. Yeah. It was a very overhyped No, game. I absolutely agree with you. I think that of that 12 o'clock slate, it was probably somehow the weakest game. Just from a viewership point, it was just like, man – well, actually, I mean, <laughs> well, Missouri or Mississippi State and Arkansas might want to counter that, but you know what? You got me there. I forget that even happened. Yeah. That's how bad that game was. Yeah, it was seven three. I think it finished. That game finished, and I think Ohio State and Penn State were still like starting the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's how fast the game went, and how awful that one was. You know, with no credit to uh, Lane Kiffin on that one, he won a game with defense. Lane Kiffin. That's not Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin played that night and won in Auburn. You're right. I had you're thinking of, I'm thinking of Mississippi uh, State. Yeah, you're thinking of uh, Zach Arnold or uh, Zach Arnett. Yes, yes. I, I think that's the wrong name. I'm going to double check that. Well, what do you think about this game? Ohio State, Penn State. I mean, I think it showed us two things to me is that Ohio State is legit. They're good on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this wasn't an offensive explosion for them today, but we've mm-hmm. seen it enough this year. To where we can go, okay, well, they can score on almost any team. Mm-hmm. But this game, they also showed defensively, they have the metric, they have the, the guys to step up and make a difference. Um, and then I think the number two thing we saw is that uh, James Franklin will never be able to take Penn State to the next level. So, um, I it's just so weird with him because it's like people that say he's overrated. He's not say overrated. That. So he's not yeah. overrated, and that's the thing. It's like he's where he is. He is yeah. what he is. He's mm-hmm. a guy that will get you nine to ten wins every yeah. every couple of years. Mm-hmm. He'll be a consistent program. 
and that's a, yeah the best he's way gonna to win the, him. he'll win the games that he's they're supposed to win and lose the games right now that they're supposed to lose if you yep. look at it currently just you could say okay how many times has he been favored against Ohio State and Michigan never I don't I think, think he's once, ever been favored one time he was favored and that was against Michigan and they won that game other times other than that I think they have been not favored yes and they have lost mm-hmm. I don't think he's an overrated head coach. I do think if you're a Penn State fan, you have to come to terms with the fact that he is a perennial 10 and 2 coach. Yeah. He will not win the Big Ten. You're yeah, not winning he, the Big Ten. Well, he's won the Big Ten once. Right? And yep. that but was that was the one year. That I, was I one think year Ohio State still wanted to play. So. Yeah, they got completely robbed. But, um, you know, he's not gonna he's not going to take it to the playoff. In the four-team format, you know the twelve-team, you know that's that's the thing that's really going to help Penn State, in my opinion. But you kind of have to come to terms with this: that if you want to win a national championship, you're going to have to move on from James Franklin. See, but he he's can like, well, you know, he, he does fine, all the stuff. But... I mean, he wins the games he's supposed to win. Mm-hmm. You could, I mean, that's a good question to ask Penn State fans because it's like mm-hmm. how. How, how badly how, do you want to win a national How badly are you content with this? Yes. Do you – I mean, are, if you're fine with it, you're fine with it. He say he's mm-hmm. like Link – it's like Lane, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Lane Kiffin's going to get you eight to ten wins mm-hmm. at best. Yeah. You're not going to compete ever for the SEC. Maybe this year. This year they have – they're looking I mean, this, snazzy yeah, they, this year. This, this is their year to do it. They want to do it. Um, But typically, you know, you're, you are who you are. You're, there's usually something holding your teams back. Yeah, and that'll always be there, you know. For Kiffin, it's defense. For Penn State, it's always having that difference maker quarterback and those rece- mm-hmm. the, and someone on the outside, some yeah. sort of threat to on the so outside. Like make, make your defense respect your receivers. Yeah, I mean they have great linebackers, great they offensive had it since Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Pat Chris, Fryermuth. Yeah, yeah I forgot about Dickey. I forgot about Fryermuth. But um, what I was gonna say is they really haven't had a lot of guys since then. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Brian, those are guys. Uh, those were years ago. Jawan Johnson was there. Um, Come on, listen. I'm just rattling the guys. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, no, Saquon Barkley. Miles back, Sanders on the outside. I mean, in general. I mean, yeah. when was the last time? I mean, Nick Singleton and who's their other guy? Um. Nick Singleton and Katron Allen are great running backs, but mm-hmm. each of them combined for 18 carries and uh, 70, was that 74 yards? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, not really anything crazy. Kudos to, like I said, I think the different, the main thing here is before we move on, Ohio State's defense, really good. Yeah. And State's defense, really good. Mm-hmm. Iowa State had four sacks, six tackles yep. for loss. Penn State had nine, nine tackles for losses, four or two sacks. So mm-hmm. both really good. Penn State, I think, is fine. Yeah, they are. They are. I still think they have real. I think they can still beat Michigan because they get them at home. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a different game because uh, Michigan doesn't have a Marvin Harrison. They still are kind of just like yeah. They just have guys on the outside. They don't have dudes and like. Mm-hmm. A, so I think they'll stack up a little bit better there. 
Yeah. Because honestly, if you think about it, if Marvin Harrison, let's say Marvin Harrison's on Penn State, Penn State wins that game. Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison won that game for Ohio State pretty yeah. much. Because he was able to just, when it was thrown to him, he caught it and he was able to make a difference. So, yep. All right. We're going to move on, though. Mm-hmm. We spent a little teams. bit too much time on that one, but yeah, we'll, go, yeah, we'll get back here. So, yeah. we'll move on to mm-hmm. Utah, the USC killers, the Trojan killers. Yeah. Utah wins 34 32, walking it off against USC. Mm-hmm. It was a dramatic ending where USC came back, they were down big, yep. scored. With a little over two minutes left in the game, mm-hmm. Utah goes down the field with Bryson Barnes, who just played an outstanding game. Yeah, he, you know, Cam Rising officially is named or officially ruled out for the rest of the year, so it's going to be Barnes' show. Yes, uh, but listen, when you have a run game that did what they did to USC the other night, that's all it's you need a, to do. Yeah, I would say it's not. That's the end all of the world. you had to do. Caleb Williams, another lackluster performance. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have a touchdown. Bryson Barnes, 14-23, 235 yards, three touchdowns. Biggest story, though, for me, was mm-hmm. Utah. Ready for these ones. Add 247 yards on the ground. They averaged five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. USC, 145 on the ground. Averaged six yards a carry. But Caleb Williams, 256 yards. I mean, Bryson Barnes was right there, 235. At Utah averaged three more yards uh, yards per pass. And uh, realistically, if USC doesn't have that pick six, doesn't uh, if Utah doesn't throw a pick six late in the half, in the second yeah. half, the game's not even as close as it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just the defense stinks. The defense stinks. It let him down again, mm-hmm. and Caleb Williams. I don't know if all the drama that happened from last week and just come in. You think maybe it's a good spot? I don't know why people thought that because Utah is back to back Pac twelve champs, yeah, most consistent team, one of the most consistent teams you'll find in college football each and every year. And here they are again, the kings of the Pac twelve win again. Mm-hmm. They remain. One their only loss is in conference play. It's a three and one in conference play. Um, I'm gonna pull up the standings real quick. Utah is currently uh, fifth, fifth right now in conference. They're tied with Oregon, Oregon State, mm-hmm. and then so Washington, USC right now are the two uh, top two teams. But listen. That conference is wide open. I mean, there's yeah. still some big time games. Oregon and Utah clash this weekend, which is a huge game. Game day will be there. Lots of proof still. Any thought, real quick, about this? I mean, the thing that comes to mind right away is it's just a coaching failure scoring that quickly at the end of the game for USC. I think if they could just slow it down a little bit there, slow it down, you win and... this game. Or, like, turn. About- you had the ability to turn that last drive into the last possession of the game, and you guys did, did not mm-hmm. for no reason. And then how about just play some defense? I mean, Bear yeah. Alexander gets ejected mm-hmm. for targeting on the last drive, extends yeah. the drive. He had some crucially stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. 
And then Bryson Barnes with like second and 15 with 15 seconds left or something, just just runs down for like 27 yards or something like that. I think there was like 20 yeah. something seconds left. Crazy stuff, like just heroic. And then a little chip shot to win it. Mm-hmm. I said they were going to win. Yeah, you did. I, mean, I was I, you. When's that shirt coming? I don't know. I got to check it again. Yeah, I, I didn't check it because I'm prepared, folks. You're supposed to be wearing a Notre Dame shirt. I am. I'm wearing a. If you're USC, before we move on, is the season dead? Like, do they yes. just like? I mean, I mean, how much is there? I mean, realistically, they still can still play, compete for the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, I still think this team's going to lose at least one or two more games. I that's the thing. I just don't know because they either, still either. have. And they still have Washington. They still have UCLA, yep. and you still so, have Cal. So, if you thought Utah was a nice little setup spot at getting them at home, you're wrong. You get Cal this week. Mm-hmm. Are they on a buy this week? Not. I think they get Cal this week. Yes, because they already they get, think they had another buy. Yeah, so you get Cal this week, and then you get Washington at home. So you get that, and then you got to go to Eugene before you have. You- before then, you take a pit stop to end round out the year with UCLA. So you are – it's nothing but trouble. Not, not an easy schedule. Not an no. easy schedule for the, not at all. the Trojans so, of Southern California. Road's not, road is long and not over yet for them. Yeah. Right, we will move on, though. And mm-hmm. this was the primetime game of the week. It was FSU-Duke. Yep. 38-20 was the final. fsu mm-hmm. Struggled throughout, I think. Well, I don't say struggled. I'll backtrack. I'll say just got their hands full with a really good defense. Yeah. And they were down 20 to 17. The turning point of the game 20 to 17. Duke has the ball inside the Florida State 15, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Riley Leonard re aggravates his ankle. Yep. Gets taken out of the game. Duke. Decides to go for it with a backup true freshman in. Mm-hmm. Go for it on fourth down instead of electing to kick it to go up six. Yeah, They go for it. They don't get it. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. You're playing on the road. Why not? Yeah. Riley Leonard, continuously they show him trying to come back into the game. Like mm-hmm. he's running, like trying to talk to the coaches and the athletic training staff. They won't let him in. Yeah. Okay. From that point on, I want to try to look up when that point on Duke gets our, I mean, I know what I'm talking about, but that point on in that game, I think that was, that was late third. Yep. Late third yep. Florida state who was down 20 to 17 outscores them. What is that? 24, 21, nothing. Yes. Outscores, finishes touchdowns. the game on a 21, nothing run mm-hmm. wins, pulls ahead, gives yeah. Mike Elko his first loss by more than a touchdown. Yes, more than one score, yep. Granted, though, was out there starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. I really think it was like one of those spots where, you know, it was like FSU was like a shark and just kind of spelt, smelled blood in the water. Yeah. Sensed, sensed there was yeah. a weak spot mm-hmm. and just kind of just flipped the switch out of nowhere. Yeah. You saw the result of that mixed with, offensively for Duke, not getting anything going, which meant more time defense spent on the field. Yeah. Which then meant that uh, you just get worn down is what it is. You you get overmatched at that point. 
Now, I do, I do want to say a couple things, just because I've seen a lot of commentary about this game specifically, about if Riley Leonard stays in the game, Duke wins. Yeah. I, I still don't think so. I mean, if you look at the score, Duke scored 13 points on offense, 10 points with Riley Leonard. I think it was the... I, the it, it wasn't... He didn't play I think it was, in this game. But it was the way they were able to... He was able to run the offense. It was the mm-hmm. control of the clock, keep FSU off the field, make plays when they need to. Even when they didn't score, they were able to kill clock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they were able to keep drives going. Yeah. And I then, understand that. My thing is with there is that Florida State scored 21 straight on because if you if you look back at that point where Riley Leonard got hurt and went out of the game, right? Yeah. Do you think they go for it and get it with Riley Leonard there? I mean, he was by the way his his numbers he was maybe, nine for 16, 68 yards in an interception, no passing touchdowns. But I mean, they were running the ball all over Florida State. They chose not to run the ball. On fourth down. That I don't know. Well, I mean, they chose to pass the it ball. It was fourth goal though, so you couldn't have picked up a first there. Yeah. I mean, you ran the ball. They only threw for seventy-six yards to pass. Yeah, like I said, he didn't. It wasn't like Riley, Riley Leonard it was just, blowing yeah, up Florida State. You know what I mean? Though, like, defense. it just feels like you know, like you lose your leader. Yeah. And it's just like a gut punch on the sideline. Like you just kind of mm-hmm. lose all the momentum or whatever you had. Yeah, like whenever I, 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 Jordan Travis I, goes out, I, you know what I mean. Like it's just, yeah. like, it's just if the vibe's different. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, though, I will say real quick. Yeah, they go for it. They don't get it. Okay, mm-hmm. so what? Florida State, kudos to them and full respect to them. Mike Elko says, okay, we don't get it. Yeah, we got a really good defense. Trust the defense. Florida mm-hmm. State still has to go. What it was like ninety something yards. It's like ninety four yards. Ninety four yards. yards or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you get at that point you tip your cap and you say mm-hmm. that just happened. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, my thing is that, like, I think Florida State found an obvious mismatch where Duke could not cover Jaheim uh, Bell. Yeah, it was a complete mismatch there. I mean, they were handing it off to him, they were passing it to him, they were getting him him the ball every other moment there, just because he was just a mismatch on their defense. And then when you were able to get Jordan Travis running the ball too, mm-hmm. I think it was just too much for Duke at that point. Yeah. I mean, you can say, you know, it was, oh, because they were worn out. But I think it was more later they got worn out. But that specific, that 90, 94-yard drive where it was, you know, they gave it to J- Jaheim Bell and then Jordan ran it for six, seven yards, right? That just, they found something there. That Duke just could not cover. Honestly, I honestly think that a um, a turning point, an early turning point as well, like as far as just momentum goes, mm-hmm. was Duke. Was it the scoop and score? They scoop and score Travis Hunter. Jordan Travis. Yeah, it Jordan was Travis. Pick six. Travis it was pick six. Yeah, pick six. Mm-hmm. They go up 17-7. It's like it's all Duke at that point. Yep. The 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 kickoff following mm-hmm. that is a return touchdown. Yes, it's like Florida State just immediately snatched it back, mm-hmm. and then they threw Duke threw a pick. Florida State yep. got a field goal, tied it up. Duke got a field goal, went to half. But from that point on, Duke's 
drives went punt, downs, punt, downs, end of the game. Yeah. Whereas Florida State second half went punt, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. Just, I mean, that touchdown, 14 plays, 96 yards, seven plays, 74 yards, five plays, yeah. 32 yards. Just yeah. complete gut punches. To I mean, they, you, even, even, you know, with the argument that Duke's defense is worn down, I mean, they still, they're still a great defense. Oh, very good defense. I mean, I, and, and Florida State didn't play bad. In they came in right top think, five just, in defense mm-hmm. for a reason. I mean, they played yeah. really good defense. Mm-hmm. I think it just took a little bit. I mean, Jordan was kind of forcing it to Keon Coleman there for a little bit too mm-hmm. with some of those – like that pick six was just a bad read there to, to Coleman where he doesn't get it. It juggles in the air, gets picked off back to the uh, – for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. but. I mean, I think either way, with Ryan Leonard, without Ryan Leonard, I still think Florida State wins that game just because I think they were the more physically dominant team. Yeah, I, they just I, had the better I mean, weapons. I just thought I thought it was going to be a closer game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Duke didn't cover that line. It looked like they were going to cover. I, do, all I was night. like, oh, good, you know, good teams, good teams win, great teams great cover, teams you know? cover, and they completely just kind of let it go at the end. Years. Let's go big time. <laughs> I have I put it on my phone right here, like without sound. Oh, let me just watch it real quick. I just want to see the glory as all Philly dies tonight. Yeah. Rangers Diamondbacks, who had that as your World Series prediction? Hey, that's crazy, man. I don't even that's think those teams were playoff predictions. That's why you only that's why you gotta play 162 for that reason. Yes. Uh all right. Uh think it's ready time to move on though? Yes, yeah. We're 40 minutes in. We gotta get through this. Actually, I think we got back to a decent pace a little bit. I mean, we got a couple more games here. We got through this. We got uh, Bama <laughs> gets back, comes back, first of yeah. all, mm-hmm. against Tennessee 34-20. But they also do get, I don't know what you call it, revenge. But they, you know, they bounce back after last year's loss Yeah, at Tennessee with a tale of two halves, as it's been all year for Bama, where mm-hmm. they struggle like hell in the first half. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they come out like a wild banshee in the second half and just completely dominate. The third quarters, mm-hmm. they were one of the highest scoring third down t- or third quarter teams in the country. They just come out out of the half and just completely take over. Defensively they do. They just shut you down and then they come out on offense, hit a couple big plays and take the and get back. If they mm-hmm. were trailing, they cut it the lead. If they're winning, they'll extend the lead. And that's kind of what happened today. I mean, Saturday, Tennessee was up big early. It was a great touchdown by Squirrel White. Joe Milton was making some throws and it looked all good. They scored right yeah. before the end of the half. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, 20 to 7. There too. 20 to 7. T- Tennessee's up. Mm-hmm. Like, Bama's in really trouble good. They again. They were throwing the ball all over the field, too. I think that yeah. was the thing that was shocking me. Bama's in trouble again, guys. I mean, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it was like, like and clockwork and or just, yeah. I don't even know what you would call it. Out, Bama outscores Tennessee 27 nothing second mm-hmm. half. I mean, two deep shots by Milton or Milrow, excuse me, and then yeah. a, a strip sack scoop and score fumble, which unfortunately I had the under in the game and that ended up being the backbreaker is what it is there. Anyway, a lot of Tennessee fans will point to this big stat. Eight penalties for 55 yards. Bama, one penalty for five yards. It was bad. 
You know, I will say I, I did I watch know a good some of the officiating. Some of those officials, were, those were some questionable yeah, calls. Some of it was a little questionable, but mm. I don't think Bama know. won because of officiating. Though. No, Bama ended up. Bama was the better team in this game. Yeah, Tennessee. No, absolutely. Completely just got neutralized in the second half, regardless of officiating or not. You know, mm-hmm. just just stagnant. I mean, I don't know how you go from being on just looking like you're going to world beaters in the first half to just don't know what to do on offense. The second half, I mean, looking at the stats here, I mean, they rushed for 133 yards. I mean, they're a rushing team. Milton threw for 271, two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. I will say, you know, when Joe Milton's though, your leading rusher on the day, it's probably mm-hmm. not the best thing in the world. <laughs> Um, just saying, <laughs> he did White, run the ball well, though. He did run he t- the ball, though. To be fair, a lot of those though were also third downs, like uh, a lot of just extending the play or converting first downs. Which I'm saying, I'm not negating, but they weren't like designed runs. I will say, first half, Bama could not stop Tennessee from getting, could not get off the field to save their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tennessee for the game, eight of eighteen on third downs. Really good on third downs in the first half, and then again, second half comes and Bama just Stott says, "Nope, not we're not doing that anymore. Nope, not doing it." And <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at this here. Are you ready for this? Uh, mm-hmm. I always like doing the old play by play, drive by drive. First half for first half goes Tennessee touchdown, Bama punt, Tennessee punt, Bama punt, Tennessee field goal, Alabama fumbles, Tennessee gets a field goal. That's another one. Red zone, Bama or Tennessee was down in the red zone, I believe, three times. I mean, I'll just check. They scored. They scored on a touchdown. Thirty-nine. That was in thirty-nine yards. So they got down in the red zone three times in the first half. Only one of them resulted in a touchdown. Mm. Yeah, because they were at the twenty-yard line. Two field goals ended up being really, I feel like, a big difference maker in that game because what do yeah. good teams do against Bama that if you got to win against Bama? you got to be able to capitalize on mistakes. Yeah. And if you're not able to capitalize and score touchdowns and you instead you're hitting field goals, that's going to be a difference maker. Because what yeah. happens, let's just say hypothetically. I'll let you whatever say what I say. No, you're good. Let's say hypothetically, I'm looking at, so they hit two field goals. What if they score two touchdowns there? Mm-hmm. Turn those into touchdowns. It's 20, 21-7, 28-7 going into half. Yeah. You're up 21 and a half. That, you know how much difference that is sounds than going up 13 and a half? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I think it just you're makes right, it yeah. a different game. No, I think you're absolutely right there. I think just the um... – I don't know if the moment got to Tennessee. Is that the right way to describe it? But, I don't um, know if it was that. I just think it Bama just, completely. Su- but something there with Tennessee, it's just like the life got sucked out of them. I don't even know. They I don't could know. not it, do what they, they get, were doing in the first half. They didn't score a single point in the second half. Maybe they got too caught up with the officiating. Yeah. Might have been that. Like, you let that get to your head. You let silly stuff get in your head like that, then you're mm-hmm. not going to win. Yeah. To beat Bama in Tuscaloosa, you need the you need your A game. Yeah. And 
again, Bama's again like Ohio State is. They are winning mm-hmm. on defense. They are hitting one or two good deep shots, doing yeah. enough on offense to keep the ball moving, especially in the second half, at least I guess. Mm-hmm. But they're playing defense. They're keeping playing really good defense. They're keeping teams in check, and they're giving their offense a chance to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bama has a bye week this week, and then it's the big one. It's LSU. LSU. Yep. Also is on by after this week. That'll be the big game. That's the big yes. one. I mean, it's a three leg. It's a three horse race right now. If Bama loses, mm-hmm. it becomes all out chaos. Yeah, because then you have Ole Miss, who's hanging around there with one loss. Mm-hmm. LSU, who yep. has one loss, mm-hmm. and Alabama has one loss in SEC play. So who? So LSU has the tie. Ole Miss has the tiebreaker over LSU. Yep. LSU would have the tiebreaker over Alabama, and Bama mm-hmm. would have the tiebreaker over Ole Miss. Now, I think Ole Miss would be the like winner then, right? Now this dep- yeah. Ole Miss it has still has a interest. They it's just hypothetically a situation. Yeah. yeah, they would have to beat Georgia though. Probably yeah. at that point in the year, it'd be the last SEC game of the year for them. Well, no, they have Mississippi State, but yeah. At that point, I believe they if they would beat Georgia at that point, if they won out, mm-hmm. I believe they probably would have clinched the West by that point. I don't okay. know. I'm don't not know. sure. Everything's gonna play I mean, itself I out. Have one loss too. I just don't know. But I I do think if Bama loses to LSU, then I'm pretty sure yeah, Ole Miss would jump to the top. If LSU LSU needs to win out and they need Ole mm-hmm. Miss to lose another game. Yep. And so I bet you they're probably banking on Georgia to win, but mm-hmm. you can never count out the Egg Bowl. Egg Bowl's yeah. always something you gotta watch out for. Well, how crazy. So people talk about like Pig Ten, like the round robin teams, like what happens if you mm-hmm. get a three way tie there? What if we get a three we got a three way tie in the SEC West? Going it's not even like, that crazy. It's what legitimately if you, completely Got it going into like the second to last week of the year. Just mm. complete chaos. We don't know what anything's going to happen. Bowl, the Iron Bowl will change everything. Iron Bowl and the Egg Bowl are going to change it all. And A&M, LSU, don't forget about that one. That's a big one. Why is that a rivalry, though? I cannot wait for when that's gone <laughs> and we get Texas versus A&M that weekend. And then who will LSU play? And then if they're smart, they'll move Bama or they'll move the Texas. They should move Texas, Oklahoma to that week. No. No, you yeah, because you, yeah, you got to keep it the the right. You keep the cotton at the Texas State Fair, but then you make Texas Texas A and M rivalry weekend. True, that works. True. But then you should you should force LSU and be like, you're playing Tulane. No, play them. You're play going Auburn. to Tulane Stadium, you buddy. Play, play Auburn. Auburn. Oh, Alabama's LSU playing Auburn. Auburn. Oh yeah. Well, good thing I don't make those decisions. All right, we're yeah. moving on though. Tulane. All right, we got two more games mm-hmm. here. We'll quickly go right through. Miami mm-hmm. beats. Clemson with a backup quarterback, Emory Williams, yep. comes in and takes down the Tigers in double overtime. Clemson entered the fourth quarter up 10 mm-hmm. and obviously didn't hold it. Yep. I'm going to be honest with you. Didn't watch much of this game. I watched overtime. I did too. But what I can tell you is Clemson has three losses before October. Mm-hmm. Dabo Sweeney refused. This is a result of Dabo Sweeney's stubbornness, I believe, and to – Use the um, transfer portal. You know, I, uh, I think the craziest thing about this is both of those losses you can legitimately blame on the same play call. Yes. They both they ran RPO 
in overtime in both of those games, and for some reason, both times. Do you think he that chose it's... the complete wrong play? The quarterback. Do you Kuzmich. think that it's um, Garrett Riley is just system doesn't work there, or is it? I just think he's not good at explaining it to a quarterback, like a young quarterback who doesn't get it. So I think also though, but I also mm. look back at what Dabo Sweeney said at the beginning of the year, where he said, "Listen, he's going to bring in his plays, but it's still yeah. going to be the Clemson standard, the Clemson mm-hmm. way." Do you think Dabo is almost holding, kind of like holding that offense back from what it actually could be? Because no, you see what, I mean, but you see what he was able to do with his pra- other places. Yes, and I it get was that. points, points. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. And then you come here and it's like they're not doing anything. I also don't think that Caleb Klubnick really fits Cade in. Klubnick. Cade, sorry, sorry, that's my fault. Cade Klubnick really fits an RPO offense either. I just don't think he's built for that. He's built for the pro style offense. That's why he was recruited for Clemson. That's why yeah. he came in there to run a similar offense to Trevor Lawrence. He's mm-hmm. got a very similar build to Lawrence, too. Yeah. You know. So I just don't – I think the RPO offense is not built for his skill set. I mean, Klubnik had a decent game through for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. No, I think he's a good – I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's I just – I don't know. I just – I'm telling you, you. I think no, he'll end up transferring. I don't know if he'll do that. Only I think he'll only stick it out. How I about this he's one? Go. Here's your uh, – okay. oh, go ahead. You say what you're going to say. I just think if he's, he's going to go here, he's going to sit down after this season, he's going to go – I'm not going to win at Clemson. And I'm not going to make scouts notice me at Clemson because there's so much turnover right now. It seems like there's so much cultural I problems. I, if I was him, I would think there's a decent chance he probably thinks, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to transfer. And I'm going to go to like a different school that might be a little bit more quarterback friendly than about, offense I'm used to. How about like, you go into Dabo's yeah. office at the end of the year or you bring mm-hmm. – Bring OC in, bring Riley in, bring Dabo in, have a meeting. And you say, listen, I have no intention of transferring. Mm -hmm. I have no intention. I love it here. This is where I want to be. However, I need weapons. I need a receiver. I need two, multiple. I need a receiver Mm -hmm. or two. Yeah. I need something. What I have now is not going to get me me where I need to be, where where I want to be with the team. Mm Mm-hmm. You need to almost you need to pretty much corner Dabo into using the portal. Yeah. Like, listen, I know I like I want again, like I want to be here. Like you, you see what I can do. I need I'm I I just need someone to throw the ball to. Yeah. I just go find a transfer receiver. Go get someone out of the portal that can make a difference. Look mm-hmm. what Keon Coleman's doing. Yeah. Okay. Look what Jermaine Burton's doing now, finally, for Bama. I don't know. Look I what Ra Ra Thomas is doing at Georgia. He's making yeah. a difference. He's starting to finally come out some. I mean, what's his name in Texas? A.D. Mitchell. Look yeah, what he's Mitchell. doing. Look what – I mean, these teams are able to use the portal because – there will be guys. There yes, will be guys entering the portal. There plenty of guys. Mm-hmm. Plenty. Look what Jordan Addison did when he was with Caleb Williams last year. Yep. You know what I mean? Like – if you are invested enough, you will make the right move to go get someone for your quarterback. It's like in the NFL or NBA or whatever you want to say. When they want your best when your best player 
Mm-hmm. Once a player once needs someone some sort of help, you yeah. go get that to make them happy. Yeah. Okay. And I don't care if it's one single person, and that's mm-hmm. it. Matter bank it the best person out there, because yeah. Clemson fans will not sit and settle for it. And no, I don't. And I don't know if Dabo just has some personal grudge against it. If he'll retire before he uses it. But I, I, don't I mean, know. we'll see. We'll see. I think you know. I also, I also want to say because you know, we are a very fair show. We are. Congrats, very congrats to Mario Cristobal and yeah. the Miami Hurricanes, big win. Oh, More congrats sure. to um, Emery Williams because he played his butt off. He How about this padlock stat for game. you? I want to. Here's this big old padlock stat for you. All right, let me hear. Two hundred and eleven to thirty-one rushing yards. Miami outgained Clemson in. That's wild. Clemson averaged under under averaged under a yard per carry. Under no. a yard per carry, they lost the turnover battle thirty three to one. I don't get it, but this kid for Clemson, Will Shipley, right? Will Shipley, legitimately, forty four yards. He is only good against Florida State, and then he's just average. Well. I mean, ever since I mean, just think about when Clemson was in their heyday. Mm-hmm. Between that that twenty what twenty fifteen to twenty twenty stretch. Yeah. It was like twenty fourteen to twenty twenty. Obviously. But like when they were winning their titles. Yeah. And being in the playoffs. It was what they have. Great quarterback, great mm-hmm. receivers, and a star running back. Yep. And now you don't have anything. You have the quarterback. I think you actually have the quarterback. They have the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody on the outside. Yep. They don't have any difference makers. It's like a Penn State situation. Because Penn mm-hmm. State has better players defensively and better running backs. Yeah. I think they, they have just, a better they, quarterback as well. You it's think Corral is better than Cade Klubnik? I think he has a better potential. I think he's a higher ceiling, but he's not at the he's not, right now. Right now, I'd rather have Caleb Klubnik. Right Kate now, long term, Klubnik or Aller. Right now, Klubnik. I'd rather have Aller. He's. I just think Klubnik. You know, he's a little bit taller. He's a little bit, a little bit better arm. All right, ready to move on. Yes. All right. So, again, kudos to Miami. A huge win. And now yes. with UNC slipping for some unexplicable reason, mm-hmm. uh, Miami right back in the thick of things. Right back. Well, in the I things. mean, we'll we'll see. Well, because... listen, if Duke can't find a quarterback situation right now. Mm-hmm. Miami still has. I'm telling you, they're going to compete. Yeah, two ACC losses. Okay, well, in the standings right now, I can tell you right now, NC State's not going to hold up. Yep. Clemson's uh, Clemson's going to lose again. Uh, Georgia Tech's not going to hold up. Boston College, Virginia Tech is mm-hmm. going to lose. I think Louisville loses again at some point. It's real. I I mean, listen. I'm not saying that they're in it right now, but like, there's still I think a lot to play for. Still, yeah. we're going to. Pages games aren't played on this piece of paper. They're played on. Yeah, the no, you're right. You're right. So, all right, we're gonna move on to mm-hmm. our final game that Dylan is gonna talk about. Well, we can both yes. talk about. But Oklahoma survives that. against UCF. Yes, it was the Dylan Gabriel reunion against UCF. UCF comes back, goes to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. John Rice Plumley comes back, yes. and I made it a four quarter fight, and it came mm-hmm. down to a failed. Getting too fancy with it, trip two point conversion where mm-hmm. they didn't get it, then didn't get the onside kick. So Oklahoma survives 
31-29. They stay on top undefeated in the Big 12. Yeah. And uh, UCF falls again. I believe that's their third conference loss already. Yes. Yeah. So three in may have been the fourth, <laughs> actually. It may have been their fourth conference loss. So, but um, so I think they're three and four. Mm-hmm. However, I think UCF with uh, John Rice Plumley under center is it's a difference maker. It's it's a, it's legitimately like you know it's night and day. Yeah, it, it's 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 insane how noticeable it is the fact that there's an offense and there's not an offense. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> no, go ahead, finish what you're. No, I was saying, it was it was a good game though to watch. I mean. Very good game. It, it stole the show for the noon kick, unless you were watching mm-hmm. Air Force and Navy play in the president or the commander in chief game. Yeah, but just like I remember, you know, I have the game on, and you know, it starts out. You know, either I was thinking my that's how my head there's like there's a chance that UCF keeps this close, or they get blown the waters out of them. Yeah, and it looked like it was they were going to get blown out at first because they start off the game with a three and out and a horrible punt, like the punt was down- like thirty yards. They go down seven nothing, and then they score mm-hmm. seventeen unanswered. And he goes yep. tied at half, mm-hmm. and they but but you know they they won the third quarter six nothing, and then lost mm-hmm. the fourth quarter fourteen to six. Yep, they are zero and four in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Not good. Nope. But they, I mean, they got West Virginia coming up in this upcoming week. Yep, and it's in Orlando noon kickoff. You know, oh yeah, one. gotta love that. Oh, yeah. uh, looking at any stats here, uh, Oklahoma, who has played very good, came in as a solid rushing team defensively, gave up almost 150 yards on the ground, 397 in total yards. I mean, if you looked at it, just like the stats, though, honestly, it would feel like Oklahoma just took advantage of this game. Like, just yeah. it was not close. But – they UCF just can't just kept hanging around. And what do we always say about these teams? Inferior teams that hang around, if you let them hang around, they will put you in a spot where you have to make a play or so to win the game. I mean, ask Auburn or ask Georgia how that went with Auburn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ask them how it went with South Carolina. Like you gotta you have to you make yourself into a four quarter fight when it doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. So it could be, I don't know, for Oklahoma, it might be a – I don't want to call it a look-ahead game because mm-hmm. I haven't looked at their schedule. Uh, but they have – oh, here we go. So they had UCF there at Kansas, and then you have the big one now. at You have Oklahoma State uh, as the next week after that. So I would uh, – I mean, Oklahoma should be fine. I still think that uh, – I don't know. I think so too. I mean, I think UCF just put everything on this game. Yeah, it was kind of like short, a, but you know, it was like it almost became one of the classic Malzahn pool, uh, upsets. Oh yeah, if, his if once a like year it. upset. I like it, like absolutely but, uh, the game. But you know, I think UCF. It's just for UCF. It was just a tough. It's just been a tough year because with Plumlee being out, it's just been mm-hmm. put you in a. It's kind of handicapped you some. You just yeah. can't do what you usually do, mm-hmm. but uh, I think with Plumlee back the rest of the year, I don't, I don't, I think they finish stronger in the way they were at. All right, 
We're going to move on, though, to Saturday scares. We're going to quickly, this is how it's going to go. So we're not going to go in-depth with these. I'm just going to say Washington surviving late into the night. Some reason I stayed up for this one. Well, I stayed up with about five minutes left when it was when I realized Arizona State wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> Washington wins fifteen to seven over ASU. They don't mm. score a defensive touchdown. It offensive. the only touchdown offensive. The only reason why they scored a touchdown is because Arizona State can't block on a field goal. They don't have a mm-hmm. field goal kicker who can kick a field goal, so they go for it, mm-hmm. and they the ball is thrown late and a little behind, and Washington picks it off, takes it back to the house. It was like an eighty nine yard pick six. That was the only at the time ASU had been winning seven to three all the way up to that point. Mm-hmm. And uh I know it was seven six at that point, but ASU completely neutralized Washington. Michael Penix mm-hmm. took three picks, ugly game, and they were at home too. Yeah. So it wasn't even like they were on the road at home doing this a very scary spot there. They would have almost they almost lost to a team with one win. Yep. A team that like UNC did lose to a team with one win. North Carolina mm-hmm. lost also they also uh got scared, but this time they uh dropped their pants. Went, yeah, they dropped their they pants. Dropped their they, pants and... they lost to Virginia. That's mm-hmm. just an unexcusable loss. Yeah. A game you cannot lose. I don't care. Embarrassing I, loss. It's embarrassing. Kudos to Virginia. Tony mm-hmm. Elliott gets his first win of the year in the ACC. But you just can't lose a game to Virginia. Yeah. And it wasn't mm-hmm. even like a game where they turned the ball over at all. Yep. I don't even – they just – Sucked. They just played lackluster lack football all mm-hmm. game long. Yeah. Um, And it happened on the CW too. What did we say last week with – or was it two weeks ago with Louisville? You don't want to play on the CW. Yeah. Because you're going to lose. You're going to yeah. get embarrassed in front of nobody because nobody's watching the CW. So now, I mean, you look at UNC where they're still ranked top 25, but it's like, all right, maybe, you know, Pac-12, like, or ACC, like, mm-hmm. maybe looking at playoff contender, but now you lose to UNC. No. You, lose, you can't, no, Virginia, you lose, no. You lose to Virginia, and now you're a joke. And Virginia's offensive line, mm-hmm. it's not a bad offensive line. And North Carolina was not able to do anything with it. Yeah. And you still have a bunch of better lines to play later this year, so mm. is this the – is this like the almost like a Miami effect where Miami lost it, just an unexcusable loss, inexcusable yeah. loss, and then hadn't dropped the next game after, or is, will UNC be able to counter this? So it was the classic <laughs> North Carolina, though, classic <laughs> Tar Heel just drop, yeah. trap game, lose. Every year they do it. Not just lose, but get embarrassed while doing it. Yeah, it's to the team that they the should Brown have no special. business losing either. The Mac Brown special. Texas holds on against Houston in another mm-hmm. game. They were up, they were 23 and a half point favorite at Houston. Yeah. Quinn Ewers gets banged up late in the game, too. He's mm-hmm. out for a couple weeks with a sprained shoulder. They went 31 24 with the generous spot from the refs. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like Houston got the first down and they didn't, and then Houston didn't get the fourth down conversion. So they got bailed out there. But Texas. Another team in the Big 12 that got just a scary spot, but held on. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I also I do want to say before we move on, I did say that, that 
um, Oklahoma, or Houston would cover the spread last week. There we go. Let's give Dylan. So, I, I did. I did say that spread's way too big. Houston's going to cover that. Well, nice job, Dylan. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to move on to overreaction or no. I have a. I have four statements this week. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll get right into it. Go. So, you get a drink real quick. I, my my water. I drank it all too quickly, man. I'm so thirsty. I got to go with the Yeti. All right, yeah. Missouri, Dylan, mm. is a legit threat in the SEC. Yes, not an overreaction. Not an overreaction. Eight. I mean, they, they've done it. They've beaten teams. They've taken teams to the wire. I mean, they've done everything you've needed to be a legit contender in the SEC right now. I, 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 I think their only competition really is Georgia in the East. It's... Because, you know, obviously that. But Georgia without Brock Bowers, we have to really see what they look like against Florida this weekend. But – if they look, you know, if they look mortal, I mean, it sets up a showdown. Assuming Georgia wins this weekend, I'm mm-hmm. hoping they do, but assuming they win, it sets up a colossal showdown in Athens next week. Yeah, it's already announced at the 3:30 kick on CBS. Unfortunately, it's not going to be like the 18. I think it'll be the B team calling the game. I don't mm-hmm. care, but because yeah. Bama and LSU will get the nightcap. Yep, which is just outrageous. You know you. Two teams with a one and two losses get no, no, besides the fact. Anyway, sets up a huge showdown between an explosive offenses. I feel like two mm-hmm. pretty explosive offenses. Yeah. Biggest question I still have in Missouri is I'm still a little I still need to see, I think, a slight tad bit more, tad bit more from that defense. They've been playing yeah. a little better since that LSU game. Mm-hmm. But playing better. But I just want to see them against another big offense because Kentucky. Let's be honest, Kentucky and South Carolina aren't that. No. So yeah, uh, it'll they get a bye this week and then they get mm-hmm. Georgia. So yep, huge games coming up for the East. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Utah is still the king of the Pac-12 until proven. Until further notice. Not enough reaction. Yes. Yes, I agree. I mean, I mean, you, 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 you know, it, it's like taking the title away from. Conor McGregor before he loses a fight. Like, come yeah. on. You gotta it's see all, what happens first. It's just always funny. Every year it's like mm-hmm. they it's all it's always about like Oregon, UCSC, UCLA, Washington, yeah. Oregon State, like all these teams are gonna be here. And then who's always shows up when it matters games. the most? Who shows up at the t- in Vegas for the Pac 12 title game? Yep. Utah. The mighty Mormons. The mighty Mormons celebrating with Club soda and water. So how how God meant you for you to celebrate. That's right, he did. Praise God. <laughs> Texas, Dylan, should be concerned about the future with you without Quinn Ewers behind center. Overreaction. Overreaction. Okay. I think that I think they just have so much depth. And with with having a coach like Steve Sarkeesian, I do believe he could prepare the backup to be ready. For an extended, I mean, just going back to last year when Hudson Card had to come in versus Alabama, he almost won them that game. He did. I mean, it, you know, it's it's something a lot of people don't like to talk about, but Hudson Card kept that game within a three point like spread. I um, it's just I only game I get worried for them is that Kansas mm-hmm. State game because yes. Kansas State's playing a lot better football right now. Yeah, and I just I want to see Arch Manning. Like, legitimately, I believe if 
when when they play BYU this week, mm-hmm. and if Arch Manning gets some time in there and he looks great, I mean, who knows from there, right? Yeah, because I from what I've heard, he looked he's looked good in practice. All right, final one here. Worst loss. This is more not really even overreaction. It's just a general question. Worst okay. loss, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is it Tennessee or blowing a thirteen point lead and getting shut out in the second half? And the way that they did it, too. Yeah. Or is it North Carolina? North Carolina. Okay. Because it, it's just like you're having the best season in program history up until this point. Yeah. I mean, not trying to, you know, like legitimately they just came out with the fact that this is the most games they've ever won to start a year. Mm-hmm. But, I, uh, yeah. I will uh, lean, I'll say North Carolina, too, but I'll say. Mm-hmm. For Tennessee, it was a playoff game. Yeah, you had to win this if you wanted to stay alive. Mm-hmm. You're up, and then like they and then like clockwork, you give up a touchdown yep. within the first minute of the half, mm-hmm. and then you completely get shut down. Yep. Just unex- can't happen in a game like that where you have to win. You have your opponent on the ropes, mm-hmm. and you can't do anything in that second half. But yeah, like you said, North Carolina best start in school history and either ever or in just a while mm-hmm. and you lose to Virginia, just no. Yeah. Not, they can't have it. All right. Move on to our final segment here of the night. Yes. Winners and losers of the week, as they always are here on this great Tuesday or er, mm-hmm. closing in on that early Wednesday hour. Yep. Uh, winners for me, it's Utah. They just Ooh, keep okay. on winning, chugging along. Pig farmer, Bryson Barnes. Chugging along. And Ollie Gordon for Oklahoma State. So if you haven't heard of Ollie Gordon, he is the Oklahoma State running back. And my man went to Morgantown and chose violence on Saturday. Mm -hmm. He had – I'm going to pull up the exact stat here. Where is it? Here we go. Let's find it real quick. Perfect. Okay, here we go. He had 29 carries, 282 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, he averaged, I'm going to find it here. He averaged 9.7 yards a carry. He averaged a first down pretty Mm -hmm. much a carry against a, just against West Virginia, a tough Mm -hmm. one for West Virginia, but. That's not the pack. Ollie Gordon. I watched that entire game and he completely dominated that one. So kudos to those two. That's a good pick. Um, so I said Alabama. Okay. You know, just coming out and just dominating in that second half against Tennessee really set the tempo, you know, brings you back into the bigger picture of this season. You know, being able to rebound since your loss to Texas. I did I mean, just the way they went, that's just Fantastic way to win. And my other winner was Emery Williams, backup quarterback for Miami, coming in and just winning against Clemson for the first time since, what was it, 1955 at home? Yeah, it's at 56. 56 at home. I mean, that's just, that's a that's a fantastic thing to do. Like, it, it, that's the best way they could have done it. For sure. Who are your losers of the week? So, my losers were number one, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you're watching your program fall apart right in front of you. 
and he won't say a thing about it. He can't. He can't say anything about it. No. And then my other loser was USC. Not because they lost the game, but because the possibility that if Lincoln Riley is looking at an NFL job, which I've heard rumors, then I why would if you're an NFL GM, why in the heck would you even take on him as a head? I don't know, man. Why did why did uh, Cliff Kingsbury get a head coaching job after winning seven games a year in college football? I I don't know. What were your losers, man? Uh, my losers would be North Carolina for yep. Yep. Saturday, the loss to Virginia. Just can't have it, like I keep saying. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb Williams. Okay. Um, I think it snapped a 21-game streak of his where he had at least a touchdown. Mm-hmm. No touchdowns, no turn, no picks, but 260 yards of, or 265 yards, I believe, was the number he rounded out as. Mm-hmm. They needed a big performance out of him. They didn't get one again. Another lackluster one. Yeah. And I just don't think he's going to be – his head's going to be in it now the rest of the way. I think yeah. that entire team – I think you're going to start seeing Lincoln Riley start losing that locker room. So, especially with some of the games coming up, mm-hmm. I just don't see them. I think they lose at least one, maybe two more games. And, yeah, I mean – I mean, this was the game that showed when the defense can't hold up and Williams is not playing well, they will they are lost. Yeah. And just think about if Cam or if like Cam Rising was back. How much more probably a difference that game, even if it's that close. You know what I mean? If they don't yeah. throw a pick six, it's not even near where it was. So Caleb Williams was my loser. You say you're really Yeah. Yeah. We both losers? had USC too. I had USC and Jim Harbaugh. Oh, that's right. I was getting something ready to the. Uh, I was getting the title ready for the uh, when I post this so later. So. Yeah, you're good. All right, so we have finally gotten through it. Not like mm. we. Were, I was waiting, but yeah. <laughs> no. Listen, we. I enjoy this. I always. I do look forward to this every every week, which is awesome. So. Remember, subscribe, watch us on YouTube, listen mm-hmm. on Spotify, subscribe to both. Remember, we were going to get to 100 of those subs. We are at 64 on YouTube. So keep going there. Thursday, as usual, mm-hmm. Thursday evening is when the uh, preview pod will be out. So make sure you're yep. watching that. Uh, make sure you guys are watching the recap. Well, the recap video has been doing really well the last couple of weeks. So that's awesome. Yes. And uh, yeah. And I Enjoy. think. We're going to talk about it off stream a little bit. Next Tuesday, the rankings come out. Oh, I forgot about the rankings come out. I was thinking maybe we could do a little live reaction. Live reaction? Well, I have work. Ah. We'll just do the normal one and we'll just talk yep. about it after. That's fine. I like the idea, Dylan. Like where your ah, mind's man. at right there. Sorry about that. It's all right. It's all right. Sorry about that. It's good. It was good in theory. Just poor excuse. (sighs) (laughs) All right, man. All right. Make sure you guys are watching. Mm -hmm. We'll see you Thursday. Peace out. See you guys.